Hello, welcome to the Mullen Studios podcast. It is Sunday, February 19th, 4.04 in the afternoon, and I want to talk about churches, specifically cathedrals, um, and not the churches themselves as a religious institution, but rather uh, what they actually are like the buildings uh and how we use them as humans um a little intro on me again in case you've never (laughs) i'm talking like i've got a multi-million dollar youtube or media company (laughs) that it's like if you don't know me nobody nobody knows me i just started um maybe one day i'll need an introduction like that but that'll be then and this is now anyways i am a senior at augsburg university graphic design major and i have been really interested in a lot of things in my lifetime and i don't always have the context to talk about them and it doesn't make sense to bring up churches in regular conversation and most of the time people don't want to talk about churches um very specifically (laughs) the actual church itself not even like religion um which is what i want to do today so yeah um my I don't have any, I'm not going to record this like 10 times. This is going to be straight through this podcast. It's I'm using a different software too, so I can go longer, which is kind of like, all right, I don't know when I'm going to need to get cut off, but uh, yeah, anyways, that's fine. Um, yeah. Uh, churches. Let's talk about them. I've been really fascinated with the two churches that live, live, they live, they're there, are near to me. Um, I don't specifically know their names, but they both remind me of like super Americanized attempts to copy some cathedrals from the middle ages and specifically like very prominent Catholic churches, like not drawing inspiration specifically from these churches, but they give off the same vibe as, Oh, that's a word in there. Okay. Um, they give off the same vibe as some of the bigger cathedrals in old European cities such as like I think of Cologne, the uh, Kölner Dome uh, specifically, if you're speaking German, but the Cologne Cathedral, which is beautiful and massive and um, important. And just seeing these cathedrals in the United States kind of feels a little bit weird because The United States is so young compared to 
the rest of Europe. So the methods used to actually construct these cathedrals are modern, super modern, and also very, um, you know, quick. Like the Cologne Cathedral took, I don't know the specific time frame on it, but it took a couple, like a hundred years to get completed and especially get it to the point where it is now and walking around, you can kind of tell like there's very specific different like differentiations. They've got a little section. Uh, well, not at the Cologne Cathedral because it's right in the middle of Cologne, which was like destroyed in World War Two. So um, not necessarily the best example, but there's a ton of cathedrals in Europe or in England rather that are smaller and have a lot of these like tiny little areas that are sort of starting spots. So if you're playing Minecraft and you play Minecraft, you got these little sections where you're building a piece of what will eventually become your main base area. And it turns into a big thing but the like first thing that you build is just shit like it's so small it's a little hut just to like keep you safe in the night and it's kind of interesting to see these cathedrals sort of have the same thing going on um except on a much longer and larger scale and the united states cathedrals just don't have that and they don't have that history and so that's why i think it's kind of weird to see these cathedrals running around is uh, running around. <laughs> um, yeah, these cathedrals are just, it's a problem. We got to get them in school cause they got too much energy. Uh, <laughs> no, they, they aren't in the right place. Uh, they don't make sense, but I love them and I'm glad they're here because I, I guess I'm just getting into it. I'll edit out the parts that I just stop and pause, but um, I am actually kind of saying what I want to say. So this is cool. Anyways, um, the thing that I think is most interesting is how we actually use these buildings as human beings. And I was reading through Neil Gaiman's North mythology, Norse mythology, which is a great book. And I've been really enjoying it. And I've always been interested in specifically Norse mythology, um, Greek mythology to a certain extent. But there's something about Norse mythology that's a little bit more um, personal in some ways. Uh, it's also it seems a little bit more like. I don't want to say adult, but a little bit more reason not reasonable either it's um i just like it i like it more it's vikings it's um it's snow and i think sometimes the the stories from there things kind of happen that you're just like oh i don't understand why they did that um or even went in that direction as a, like a, a character. Uh, whereas sometimes like Greek mythology is so predictable or the gods are a little bit more, uh, I don't know, 
like wishy-washy or I, I think it, it just comes down to like how people interacted with the stories themselves that makes it a little bit more interesting. Like the stories that people sort of tell about Odin and Loki and Thor seem to have a little bit more impact than they do like Zeus or Poseidon, some of those things. It, it's it's also because the gods themselves don't preside like Thor is thunder, but like Odin doesn't like he's got ravens and he's missing an eye and he's wise and treacherous and sometimes a little bit problematic. Whereas like Zeus is just like the God of lightning and he's got a personality. Sure. But it's not, you know, Odin is somebody that you'd be like, Oh, okay. Like he's just, he's kind of just a dude, but he did these things and now he's got this power and this wisdom um, and it's just a little bit more, uh, philosophical in my mind, <laughs> but I've also spent more time researching Norse mythology and not as much time with Greek mythology. So that might be a reason why, um, either way I've been reading through this book and it made me think about, well, specifically in Neil Gaiman talks about how when he was writing the book, he would sort of picture himself in the situation where these stories were being told way back when. So sitting around a campfire in northern Scandinavia, talking with people about these gods and these stories. And then the only context that you have for those things is what you've got around you. So there's, you know, no... Um, no knowledge of the stars as stars, no knowledge of different parts of the world. Like the ocean that you see is the ocean. That's like, you don't know where it goes. Um, and that's the part that kind of makes sense to me whenever I start thinking like, you know, at what point do these people realize that these stories that they're telling are stories, but also let them be as impactful as they are in their culture. So, you know, people made decisions based on whether or not Odin or Thor liked what was going on in, the, in that current situation. And at that point, I'm like, okay, that's not practical. Like that is not something in the modern world that I would recommend, <laughs> but I do think that being aware that there are stories involved and then looking at what the story is meant to make you think about is super, super valuable. And I, it's definitely like the main thing with religion and kind of why it's around. Um, and so at this point I can either go, talk about cathedrals more or talk more about Norse mythology, because I do think that they're connected deeply. And it's really interesting to sort of think about the place in which these stories were being told. So I was talking about how Neil Gaiman talked about where these stories came from, meaning 
a small gathering of people just telling them over and over again for thousands of years and eventually them being passed down to us. And we lost a ton. Um, there's so many, probably so many more stories that just were never written down, which is unfortunate, but what are you going to do? And, um, I, you know, trying to like think of myself as somebody who is just sitting around and uh, like a campfire, hearing these stories and picturing all of these things happening. And, you know, the only context is what I have around me. So the woods, um, my family, everybody that's around. And as I was thinking about that, I thought it was so interesting because it's, it's honestly not that far off from if you're raised in the church, what happens inside of a church. Um, and one of the most interesting things to me about the Viking culture is actually their churches. So they've got these stave churches that, uh, I'm not sure the history of them, but I would like to learn more. That's, you know, maybe I come back to this subject in, you know, five years and I do a little bit more research or something, but, um, for now, this is my, what I've got off the top is what's going to have to be good. Anyways, these stave churches are interesting because it implies that they're going to be doing the same thing that would happen at a regular church. Um, so they're there to worship and be around these characters and these stories. And, you know, at a deep level, that is not at all different than me going to church on a Wednesday night and being around, you know, the Christian God and that mythology and story and, and being, um, and it's just interesting to me that the, the pathway that people have taken to get from, you know, that sort of all the way back to, okay, well, stories are just the most, it's all about the stories now because, you know, as you look at churches go forward, like the Vikings or sorry, Scandinavian cultures, not every like Vikings is a very specific thing. Um, there's a lot of history there. Uh, actually I love listening to Dan Carlin's podcasts. Um, he does a really good job with all of his podcasts and he did one recently on twilight of the Aesir and, uh, it talks a lot about the actual culture behind all of these Norse mythologies and Vikings, uh, sort of the ethos of Vikings and, um, how they are oh so complicated, like a lot of ancient cultures, but they specifically aren't, uh, what's the word? Um, they're not, uh, I, I don't know. I lost my chain of thought. Anyways, they're not all Vikings and most of them are traders, merchants, and um, they go along their lives similarly to how a lot of other people would. Um, 
And I think that's the kind of the most interesting thing that is like, okay, well, these cultures are doing the same things on a baseline level, but then, you know, they see these slight differences, which are differences and they have big effects. Um, but then they, they come into contact with each other and it just explodes and it becomes like massive conflicts. And I mean, that's interesting from my perspective, but seeing it now and thinking about, okay, well, we've got these churches around everywhere that are built in the same style as the churches that took over the old churches, like the Viking stave churches. And, um, they're all still doing the same thing. And now that I look at, like I used to, there was a long period of time, um, not too long ago where, you know, I would see a church and just kind of be like, I don't want to bother with it because it implies a certain story and a certain, um, objective. And while I don't disagree that the objective is good, I don't think that it's effective um, at all in how it goes about presenting itself. And especially in a modern world where people have access to so much, they, it, it seems sort of antiquated, but then if you dig deeper, it's not antiquated at all. And it's super important. And it's something that I think that we're getting away from in society and culture that isn't good. And a lot of my time with graphic design has been sort of realizing, okay, well, these stories are super important and it is essential to be able to tell stories. So where do we go to hear stories? And the internet's a big one. Um, but the internet isn't a real place as I say this over the internet. Um, it's not a real place and it's not somewhere that we can actually go to be, um, and surrounded by specific stories. And with that being said, I mean, books create these worlds that aren't real either, um, in a certain sense, but then in a, in a, in a intellectual sense, in a, a wisdom sense, they're very real. I mean, I talked to my dad a little bit about my dad's a philosophy professor and, I talked to him a lot about sort of like Aristotle's theory of forms. Um, I don't remember exactly what the theory is, so don't quote me on anything, but this is how I've been using it in my head. And he's talking about things like wisdom and peace and joy as being very real things in a certain place in the universe that we just don't have access to. So they're, they're, they're very corporeal and existing. And these stories sort of tap into that place and bring things down to us. And they're just not, you know, we can't be there as human beings, um, in the form that we're in. So I think that I definitely, you know, I need to read more about that. I guess. See, I don't actually think that that is the most interesting thing. I think that, you know, this is going deep into everything that I've ever wanted to talk about. So this is it. I swear I'll wrap around churches again. I mean, this is all sort of talking about the same thing, so it's not a big deal. Um, but 
or end. The interesting thing about that is that if if you kind of go with that implication that there's these things that exist that aren't existing on this plane, then it sort of implies that, okay, well then there's a lot of things that come from those places then. And there are, I mean, I think that you could get the same amount of joy and camaraderie and community as hanging out at an art museum um, and showing up and going to specific events and being a part of that community and be as spiritually enlightened, um, not enlightened, um, filled and participating in the creation of these stories and, you know, being, um, I think you could get close to that by doing that. And then you kind of don't have to go to church in the traditional sense, like in the, um, you know, I, I, I grew up in the Southern Baptist church and there were a lot of rules and very intense, uh, very interesting, exciting, <laughs> um, time. And I, you know, looking back on it, I think it's super interesting. I, I, I love that that happened, uh, because, I don't think that I would appreciate stories as much as I do now without them, without one specific narrative and one specific story being told with so much passion and so much gusto and, and so many people being drawn into this one person's sort of mind um, and their ideas and how they see these stories and it's, it is super interesting. It's just, and this leads me back to Norse mythology and churches, uh, specifically the buildings is it's not exclusive at all. And the stories have so many subtle differences that being so tied to one, like being tied to the narrative that Jesus is the savior of all and that there is no other God than the God that exists in the Christian Bible being tied down to that story is kind of going against what other people say later in the Bible of, well, actually, no, I don't take, I don't know if they specifically say this in the Bible, but the there's, I, there's a proverb specifically that I'm thinking of that is, very has been very useful for me. And it's, it's wisdom begins at this get wisdom. Um, I don't remember specifically what verse, but it's in the book of Proverbs. And so thinking about it that way is like, okay, well, wisdom begins at this get wisdom. If the only place to get wisdom from is within this one narrative. And then I realized that there is wisdom in other things then doesn't that contradict what is being said about, you know, the wisdom, like, like, shouldn't I go in search of more? And, you know, that's a question I have. Um, but 
that kind of leads me into actually sort of taking these mythologies very seriously and um, being interested in them because if you read them and you sort of put yourself in that mindset of like, okay, well then I'm like out in the woods, hanging out with people and having a good time. And we're all just talking and telling these stories about Thor, Loki and Odin and, and they come together and they actually weave some pretty intricate and detailed stories. And, and, the moral of the stories is different every time. And then you've got these characters that keep coming up that are, you know, like the personality traits that you can see in other people around you. And, you know, I just don't get that with any of the Christian stories and especially stories around Jesus. And it's like, it's not that they're bad, Um, or that, that like that story specifically isn't worth listening to because I think it, it definitely is. Um, it's a very (laughs) popular, (laughs) uh, it's just important to have some other ones because people don't exist in a, a one-to-one, um, relationship, you know, a one-on-one relationship. That's just not how anybody exists and it's not how anybody's meant to exist. And so my whole life I've had this narrative of like, you need to have a great relationship with this one, with the Lord and this one person. And it's like, okay, well, I can't have a a singular one-on-one relationship with anybody. There's always other people involved on some level of the dynamics. There are some dynamics that are super personal and super deep that you can't involve other people in or don't want to. And that's totally reasonable. But understanding how other people can come into that narrative and play in and seeing that play out in specific stories like with Norse mythology is much more useful and practical than okay, we're got, we got this 33 year old dude running around and he is perfect. Like everything he does is going to be wise and it's going to be the best thing for the whole entire situation. And it's like, yeah, that's a good thing to, to have as a, as a North star. And I think taking a look at the whole is is super important um versus okay let's let's you know zoom in and see how this one person affects everybody else's life and as important as this story has been it's shaped so much of our culture which brings me back to the cathedrals because i don't think that they are i I love them. I love the actual cathedral itself and that it's such a big building and it's dedicated to one story. And I think that there's so many things that, you know, I I guess, I guess it's just one monument to a specific story. Um, And I, I always appreciate that. I'm looking at, I mean, that's sort of 
made me think about why we make art and why we do things. And I mean, that's such a big topic. Like that'll be uh, next episode, I suppose. But anyways, the the thing about that is that then it becomes like, okay, well, this church is super valuable because it's here. And because it means that there's a place on some level where people can gather even still today with smartphones and everything happening in such a non-existent realm, you know, that's so like ephemeral, even more ephemeral than, you know, like everything on social media and the internet is, 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 even this podcast is like, it's there, but it's not really, you can't really touch it. You can't really see it. You can listen to it, which is valuable and totally like, I hope it's enjoyable. Um, but then it's so impersonal. Like there's nobody around me right now and we're not, we're not involved in sort of active storytelling. Um, it's not happening currently. And, um, for a lot of my life, I've assumed that a church is the only place that that can really happen. And it's, it's not even that that's one place that it can happen. It's that there's somebody who understands the, the story better than I do to the point where they're going to tell me what is true and what isn't true about this story that uh, affects my worldview on such a deep level and that is that person is going to be the person that tells tells me the stories about that like like Loki and and Thor it's like but he's telling me about Jesus which is great like i'm not saying that that's a bad flip you know like Jesus is a bad influence at all it's like no 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 very very positive i just think that the story is positive, but how it's presented is super negative. It's not helpful at all to have somebody have all of that power and that influence in such a closed loop system, like what happens with churches. Um, and so I just kind of like, I guess I see those churches now and I'm thinking about the Basilica. I live in Minneapolis and I'm thinking about the Basilica in St. Paul and I've been in there and it's just so like magnificent and awesome. Um, and it, it's a different experience and especially like going to Cologne and seeing that cathedral is like, okay, well, you know, if, if we actually showed up and listened to the stories, but we're open to hearing so many different stories, like not tied into one narrative, just, Hey, this is a story that helped me this week, like, and is applicable. And, you know, I think mythology does a really good job with that because it's, it's characters that, you know, and can keep coming back to, um, and archetypal. Whereas a lot of the characters in the Bible, you know, they don't, there's you can't be creative with any of the stories that are in the Bible. Like I could make up a new story about Thor and Loki and how they interacted with each other and what happened. And nobody would be like, you know what, dude, that's just not something that uh, 
would happen in Norse mythology. It's like, no, it took, could totally happen. I could make up a new story and um, have it be told in these places. It's just, I think what I'm getting at is that there's, there's no difference between what happens in like a small comedy club and what happens in a pulpit on Sunday besides what the person who's doing it thinks is happening, you know? And, and I think like, I just wish there were more open forms for people in which to meet and talk that weren't on the internet <laughs> because the internet does that. Like that is the internet basically is like, you can tell whatever story you want to. And like, I guess that's exactly what I want to do with podcasts. It's just, I kind of wish that there was like, you know, um, I, I guess I just want to hang out around a fire way more often. So uh, I guess I'll just start doing that. You know, I can't control what other people do. So, um, I just, I just hate seeing, well, let me rephrase. Like, I don't, I think it's, it's, it just makes me feel like nobody is observing anything whenever th they think that there's a specific way to tell stories. Like, and that that's the only way to tell stories and that the other stories don't have anything to offer and sort of discounting the stories is like, Oh, like children's tales. It's like, no, like you can, I, I read, um, there's the story of Thor Loki and oh, I forget his, the name. Um, I think it's Tharty. Thor, Loki, and Tharty, who, um, so Thor and Loki, obviously they are traveling east to Midgard or no, sorry. They are traveling east to Jotunheim and they come across a large giant named Skrimir and he is a massive giant and he offers them, um, some guidance and he's going to take them further in and, uh, eventually they find a place to camp for the night. Um, or sorry, rather I messed to see this is, this is, it's also very difficult to tell these stories, um, in, in person, but, um, uh, Thor and Loki are going East to Jotunheim and along the way they come across a farmhouse and, oh, this is what happens. Yes. Okay. They're coming across a farmhouse and they ask for some food, uh, and the farmers don't have any food and there's, there's a wife, a daughter, um, the farmer and then a son and the son's name is Tharty and Loki whispers into Tharty's ear as they are trying to prepare some food. Um, and Thor has his two goats. I forget their names, but he, uh, all right, well, no, let's, I, their names are good. Oh, Oh God. <laughs> I'm, I'm butchering this story completely. Anyway, it's important how it's set up, like what happens in this, the, I'm just going to keep going. Anyway. So Thor has these two goats that pull his sled that they're traveling on and their names are 
Gundin and Slater. Sure. Gundin and Slater. And so the farmers don't have any food for them when they show up. And so Thor kills his two goats and eats them. He eats one himself and gives the other to the three, four other people. So Loki has his portion and Loki eats as fast as anybody. Um, he scarfs his goat down. And before Tharty gets a chance to eat his goat, um, Loki whispers in his ear and told, tells him that there's bone marrow in the bones of the goats and that if he ate the bone marrow, he would be just as strong as Thor and he'd be able to run super fast. And Tharty's main skill is that he can run very fast. Um, he can run faster than anybody. And so he does that Thor is looking away and he breaks one of the legs and he gets the bone marrow out of there and he eats it. Um, and they sleep the night, no big deal. And in the morning, Thor uses Mjolnir, his hammer and raises the goats out of the dead. And, um, he, the one, the one goat is fine. Then the other goat Slater is, having some trouble walking around and he is in pain and he Thor realizes that somebody broke his goat's leg. Um, and he gets very upset. He says, why would you do this? This is unfair. This is not something that is kind of you to do to a guest that gives you and feed feeds you. And, um, so Thars 30, <laughs> 30 um speaks up and he says yep you know you're right i messed up and i'm gonna be your bond servant and i can i will follow you around and we're gonna go further east and i'll i'll, I'll take care of you guys like i'm i'm a part of this crew now i messed up so i gotta go with you and he was thor was gonna take his sister but then Thardy offered that and i think there was one other thing that um, she did, but I can't remember. And so they go along their way and eventually they run into a massive giant named Skirmir. And this guy is huge. And he tells them, um, he's actually not that big. There's bigger giants in the North, but they follow him and he says that they've got food. Um, and so they're all running and they're running to the East and they're trying to get to, Utgard and Utgard is sort of the home of the giants and that's where the giant king is and that's where they're going to go visit and Utgard is a place of you know like it's where every Olympic athlete would go it's basically like Olympic athlete training camp and so they're on their way to Utgard and they're following Skrimir and everybody's keeping up even Tharty who's human and he's got his sort of human limitations. Thor and Loki are gods. So they're just striding along right with Skirmir, who's a little bit further out ahead. Um, but then they all eventually get to a place uh, where they're going to rest for the night and they rest. And the Skirmir says that he has food in his pack, but 
his pack is um, sewn shut and it's got two leather um, pieces of of claw a string, but it's giant size. So it's massive. Um, and he eventually falls asleep without feeding anybody. They start talking and he falls asleep and Thor and Loki are upset and Skirmir, they're eventually like, okay, well, we'll just go to bed and we'll get food in the morning. And Skirmir snores a lot and that pisses off Thor. And so Thor grabs Mjolnir and hits Skirmir and Skirmir says, okay, well, was that you? I couldn't tell. It, it seemed like a tiny fly on the side of my of my chest. Um, I'm going back to bed and he goes back over, rolls back over and snores. Thor gets pissed off again, does the same thing on the other side, hits him a little bit harder. And Skirmir says, oh, that must have been a sort of a, a rabbit or something running by. I, I could I barely interesting. Um, and Thor gets pissed off and Skrimir goes back to bed and then Thor goes and does it again. This time he does it on his forehead and he smacks down and, and Skrimir is like, oh, wow, that was. That must have been an acorn falling on my forehead and um, Thor gives up and he's like, wow, OK, well, I guess that's just how it's going to be. And um so they wake up and Skirmir takes off and uh, eventually he, t- he Skirmir takes off to the north to meet his giant friends, his giant kin um, who are much bigger than him. And Thor and Loki cont- uh, and Tharty continue on to Utgard where they're met and they're met by Utgard Loki, who's the king of Utgard. Um and so in Utgard, he sort of presents them and welcomes them in and says, wow, I've heard of everybody and this is great. I'm glad everybody's here. Uh, we've got all these challenges that you can try and everything. So Loki, everybody says their talent. So Thor is strong and he can wrestle and fight anybody. He can drink. Thor can drink as fast and as much as anybody in the world. Tharty is fast and Loki can eat like none other. So those are the challenges. And uh, throughout, so with, with Tharty, he races um, Hagi. And Hagi is the um, Utgarda Loki, it's his son. And they race around a track, perfect for running three times. And Hagi wins every single time. And Hagi has um the first time that the race is not close at all but Thardy impresses Ugardaloki and says wow okay well this guy can run so he tries it again and Hagi beats him again but this time he runs faster than anybody has ever run and the same thing happens again uh the third time and he runs as fast as anybody has ever run um like Usain Bolt on steroids, booking it, but all natural, you know, natty. And he comes together and says, okay, well, that was a good try. Unfortunate. Well, you can see that you're not who you say you are. It's okay. Um, 
And then they move on to the next challenge with Loki and Loki comes up against a being is is Logi. So not Loki, but Logi, L-O-G-I. And they've got a whole entire table full of food and it's Loki versus Logi and it's an eating contest and they just go at it and um, they move down the table and they finish at the same time. But Logi ate not only the meat on the, the pigs and the, the feast and the, and the beef, but he also ate the bones and he ate the table. <laughs> so Logi is a little bit more carnivorous than Loki. And Loki is disappointed. He's saying, you know, nobody's ever beaten me in an eating contest. And um, he's dejected and... Ugarda Loki says, okay, well, guess you're not who you thought you were. Um, good try. Do it again. And, uh, well, they don't do it again, but good try to, you know, try again next time. And then they get to Thor and Thor, he drinks, they, they, they set up a, a mead horn and it's got runes on the side of it. And it's a mat. It's a, it's a, a, mead horn full of this salty beer and the salty mead and Ugarda Loki says okay this is sometimes people have trouble finishing this in one go we'll give you that sometimes people can do it most people can do it in two nobody's ever had to drink three times from this thing and finish it off and so Thor says okay well I'm going to get it on the first time and he drinks so much. He drinks and he drinks and he drinks and it's Im- impressive. And it has not gone. It has not moved any of the mead in the horn. There's it's like a fingernail has gone down. And so he says, OK, well, here I go again. And he does it again. And this time he drinks and drinks and Loki and Tharty look at each other like, holy fuck, this guy is drinking like crazy. Have you, nobody can drink like this. This is wild. And he looks down and it's like maybe a knuckle has gone down out of the meat horn. And that's nothing, you know. And he says, OK, well, I'll do it again. And this time I'll drain it. And so he does it again and doesn't drain it. And Utgarda Loki says, wow, you know. Okay, so you didn't, you didn't, you know, nobody's ever taken three times. Doesn't happen. And all right, so you failed that one. You didn't, obviously, you know, good job, dude. You didn't, you didn't think that it was going to happen for you and you failed. Um, Anybody can drink that horn here. It's not a big deal. And so the next challenge that they have, I says like, okay, well, I'm just going to wrestle somebody. Let me wrestle one of your men and I'll show how strong and powerful I am. That says Thor. And Ugarda Loki says, no, you're not going to wrestle one of my dudes. I've got my old grandma here. You're going to wrestle her. And Thor is a little bit pissed off. He's like, why would I wrestle an old grandma? I can't believe that you're going to make me wrestle an old grandma. This is unfair. And Loki says, or not, sorry, Utgarda Loki says, well, this is who you're going to wrestle. And Thor says, okay, well, I would prefer to wrestle one of your men, but 
if I must prove my strength this way, then I will prove my strength this way. And so they start wrestling and Thor gets into a, a wrestling mat and, and he's trying to get the upper hand and, and get around her and pull a move. And she's not having any of it. And eventually it, she keeps pushing and pushing and pushing. And he gets, he gets her, they have an epic fight and, um, she's clearly stronger than him. He, she's having no troubles, but he pulls mighty moves and, and puts it all together. And, and eventually he gets her to a knee. Um, and then she taps him, uh, you know, gets everything, gets a, a Kimura or whatever and beats, beats him. Um, and so that, that was the second challenge for Thor. Um, I don't remember the third one. There was another challenge. Um, yeah. Anyways, they all leave Utgard and say, or, or they're there and they're saying, okay, well, we're just going to go to bed. Uh, there's a feast in our honor because we're visiting and everything, but we're not happy with how our challenges went today at all. We all lost. Everything went shit. It did not happen. It was fucked. And so th they all go to bed and then they wake up and Utgarda, Utgarda Loki says to them, okay, well, Hey guys, um, so what you did the last night was crazy. Good job. Everything was crazy. So first he talks to Thar Tharty and he says, I know that you can run faster than anybody. You're the fastest person in the world by far, except Hagi is thought. So you are racing against thought and thought is faster than anybody. And Tharty says, okay, well, yes, you know, I, I can't beat thought. Thought is fast. And then Utgarda Loki moves on to Loki and he says, okay, well, I have never seen anybody eat so fast in my entire life. Logi is a flame elemental and he burned everything. <laughs> so he didn't really eat everything. He just burned it. And Loki says, oh, okay, well, clearly, I mean, that's, I, he appreciated the trick that somebody could pull such amazing magic. And he, he was pissed at first. He said, wow, okay, I can't believe that you would trick me like that. But then it's Loki and Loki is just, he loves a good, he loves a good jest. And so he continues on and says, okay, well, Thor, what you did with the mead is incredible. I'm, the, the mead was actually the, the end of the mead horn was in the ocean and you drank the ocean down to a point where the tides were created. So that's where the tides come from in, in Norse mythology and the tides, they come in and out now because Thor drained the ocean down so far. And then 
the giant scrimmier, he, Utgarda Loki says, okay, the giant scrimmier was actually me. And whenever you got pissed at him and started beating him over the head with this hammer, every single one of those blows would have killed him. So he put, he, he used an illusion and he put a mountain in between Mjolnir and himself and he pretended to sleep and he points over to the west and says, okay, there's this mountain valley there. Do you see, see this sort of imprint, this square imprint on the mountain? And Thor says, yes. And it's like, okay, well, that's where your hammer hit. And that is what, you know, th- that <laughs> there's a valley there now because of your hammer. And um, then the, the third thing is... Um, the the fight between him and the old maiden and Utgarda Loki says that was the most impressive thing nobody has ever survived nobody can beat her in any sort of competition because the old lady is old age you can't beat old age it wins every time there's no chance to ever even even touch her you know she just wins and you got her to a knee and that is the most amazing thing i can't believe that i let you three into my house is what Utgarda loki says at the end uh, when he's done explaining his illusions that he used on him and as he's saying that like, i will never let you be here again you will never see this place again you'll never come back to utgard and goodbye and he basically just dips and he teleports away and there's um (laughs) loki thor and tharti are left there standing like what the heck what in the world and i love that story um that's how it sort of ends there's no end to it and uh yeah so loki fought against a fire elemental but he wasn't he lost, um, but he wasn't upset about it because there was a a trick involved. So he he wasn't upset. He's like, ah, well, you got me. I appreciate a good trick. I'm a trickster, um, and that's Loki. I mean, that's Loki's personality, um, you know. And then there's Thor, who's saying, okay, well, I lost a fight. I lost. I I didn't drink as much as I thought I would. I wasn't down in beers like I wanted to. And I'm not as strong as I thought I was because I couldn't wake up Scrimmier. Um, but he carved a new valley in a mountain range. He fought old age and almost won. And then he also um, drank the oceans down a notch to a point where it's, there are tides forevermore. Um, and then Tharti raced against thought and failed, obviously. But the wisdom in all of those stories and seeing like, OK, this is so applicable to other areas. Like, OK, if if you're dealing with anxiety and like realizing that you can't I I, I was diagnosed with OCD in 2020, 2019, um, 2020, 2021. Anyways, that see, (laughs) yeah, anyways, um, that is such an important aspect of, and like, that's what sort of like mindfulness gets to all the way down. It's like, oh, like 
thought is faster than anything. You will never beat it. Um, and having that displayed to you in a story like that, like, and, and you're not lesser for not, you're not lesser for trying, you know, like you gave it your best shot. It's thought, you know, you can't beat it. It's the ocean. You can't drink it. It's old age. You can't beat it, but you still tried and you did your damnedest. And you know, that's, um, that's the sort of thing that, you know, like if I showed up on Sunday and somebody was just telling me those stories at a church, I'd be like, dude, this is freaking awesome. I'm having a great time. And then you, exp- you can get a little bit more deep with these stories and understand where they're going and what's coming up and they're not predictable and something else happens. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, um, it's essential, you know, it's, it's a big part. Uh, I love, I, I think I want to try to, I want to tell more Norse mythology stories now, uh, in these podcasts. I think they're freaking awesome and kind of coming up with my own maybe. Um, yeah, but there's, it's, um, even just reading that story, it sticks with you so much because it's, I understand as well that feeling of like, I I think with graphic design too, it gets to be to a point where it's like, okay, well, I, I think I can do this. It's good that I know how to do this. And I know that there's somebody better than me at this. And on some level, like even the most mighty person trying the most mighty thing, it's still, you're still going up against like a valley, you know, or, or the ocean, you know, you can't drink the ocean in one go. And so having that in the back of my mind of just like, okay, if I sit down to make something, it doesn't need to be perfect because it's, it's just never going to be perfect. And that story encapsulates all that because it's saying, okay, even the mightiest of beings, you know, Thor with Mjolnir, he carves a new valley in the mountain range, um, in, in, in three blows and the, you know, I could do that with my graphic design in theory, you know, I'm not saying that my, graphic design skills are carving mountain, like, you know, valleys and mountains or anything like that. But in theory, it's the same thing and saying, okay, well, I can, I can do this. I can do that. I could do this. It's like, yeah, you're gonna, it's your, you, the attempt needs to happen and you're not lesser, like less mighty or not worth talking about because you failed because the thing that you're trying to do is impossible on a deep level and you still tried it. The only, I think the thing that gets in the way of that being, you know, an active process that actually happens, you know, on a day to day basis in a creative process is the knowledge of that story though, of like, Oh, okay. Well, if it's a mountain, and I'm trying to like 
even if I get good enough to carve a valley in it with three blows, it's like, okay, well, you know, it's still not gonna, it's, it's, you know, I, it's still the ocean, you know, the ocean's still there and the old age is still going to win and everything like that. So I, I guess I haven't, it's not perfect in its wisdom, but the wisdom is there of like, okay. And obviously it's not perfect in his wisdom because, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's right there. Um, and that was my favorite story that I've read so far. I mean, there's others, um, there's the, Oh, like some, some classics, <laughs> uh, like Foki steals Sif's hair and, um, I'm not so relatable to the wisdom in some of the, them. Um, but I do think they're valuable in and of themselves and I'm glad that they exist. And I'm glad that those churches exist too, because they remind me of the part of my religious upbringing that was connected to these stories like in the Bible. Like, like I think that whenever you present these, the Bible stories, especially how they are usually presented, which is very, you know, animated and very focused on the story itself, rather than the experience that I have in a lot of churches is like big church is somebody sort of making an argument and sort of a thesis and building, building an argument rather than telling a story. Um, and now whenever I look at the churches, I'm reminded of like the good stories that are there, not the arguments that are around the stories, because you can argue the specifics all you want. Like it's not going to change the sun rising or sun setting. Like just fucking it's ridiculous. It's, it's boring and mind numbing and I can't take it. And so I want to read more stories about Norse mythology. So, uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It's, it's, <laughs> it's an hour. Um, I started talking and I just did not stop. So, uh, yeah, I, I really do hope you enjoy. I'm gonna, um, edit it down. I think I am expecting to do these on a, on a, a weekly basis. So, um, the next episode will come out, I think on Tuesday, I think I'll stick to Tuesdays, uh, just uploading them on Tuesdays. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed, um, this subject and I, the, the subject is always going to resolve revolve around graphic design and sort of that world and creativity. Um, and sometimes, sometimes I think I'll get really into the weeds on some like branding, um, specifics and stuff like that. And, uh, eventually I would like to be able to talk about that sort of stuff, um, regularly. And I think I'll definitely tell a few more stories, um, and like some, just some telling stories audibly rather than, uh, you know, and I, I like doing it free form. I don't want to, I don't want to read from a script. So just having it in my head, um, 
I love, I love telling that story. So I, I hope you guys enjoyed that just as much as I did. So, um, yeah, I will see you on Tuesday. Goodbye.